I can assure you with no doubt my prediction post covid 19 business will boom so it is up to us to find a way how do we position ourselves for success post covid 19 the question is how will you emerge as a victor or as a victim i remember i was just saying god i i, I just need tough times it is not the best prayer to ask for <laughs> but you're like at the end of this tough time i end up coming up way better but i can tell you when you're in the middle of that tough time you were like, remove this cup away from me. What is it that I'm actually looking for? Do we really know life? Sure. But let me say intelligence. Emotional intelligence, social intelligence, financial intelligence. So I believe it's important for each and every one of us to understand the rules that govern any arena of your life. You are listening to The Revenge of the Forsaken Gods, a podcast that explores the human experience and seeks to create a blueprint for living using books, stories, movies, and conversations. And here is your host, Andrew Balongo Perry. Today's guest is a very interesting guest. He is a personal and professional development coach at CareerPoint Solutions, which is a company that builds your communication skills, employability skills, and they have online courses all this in order to help you increase your earning potential. He's a digital marketer, and he's the author of several books, including Facebook for Profit, Blueprint for Success, and Conquer the Year 2020. An interesting thing about my guest is he did not go to school for any of this. He considers himself a go-getter, and he has failed in so many things. And those are some of the things we will talk about. I met him at LYP, which is the League of Young Professionals Book Club. And he's a very engaging individual. He's impacted my life. Seeing how he has grown his business and impacts people amazes me. And I said I have to have him on my show. So without further ado, let me welcome my guest, Daniel Mutuku. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, how are you, Daniel? I'm doing well. Uh, what about you? Um, I'm very well, thank you. I'm excited. You know, I've never really met uh, a real-life go-getter that has claimed that he has, he has failed in so many things. Here you are. So, so can you tell me, what are some of the things that you failed, you failed in? I have tried a lot of uh, business ideas, way straight from when I was in high school. I sold biscuits. I have sold uh, newspaper, the small uh, paper bags. Even here at Career Point Solutions, there are several things that we have tried out, some courses, some income generating uh, activities, some events, some picked, some didn't. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back. You started Career Point Solutions and you did not go to school for this. Yeah. So what did you go to school for? I went to school... Uh, in my undergraduate, I did a Bachelor of Science in Physics, Microprocessors and Electronics. That is a thing that I studied for. So when you were a kid, you said you wanted to become an engineer or what happened? Yeah, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a pilot. Then things changed. I wanted to become an in- uh, engineer. And I think I stuck with that area of electrical and electronic engineer. I passed my exam, but I didn't make it to the engineering school. So the best alternative was to do a Bachelor of Science because I had somewhere there they say you can do physics and you can specialize in electronics and microprocessors. So that sounded more like 
what I wanted to do. Okay, so now you're in college and you're doing physics. Did you already have in mind that you're already going to graduate and start being an engineer or where did things change for you? Okay, well, I was in school. I didn't see myself ending up as an engineer, first of all, because none of the stuff that we were, big, uh, we were taught in school really sounded very practical in terms of how they affect to our day-to-day lives. A lot of theories, a lot of formulas, which I didn't see how do they apply to my day-to-day life. So I didn't know or I didn't have that realization then that I wouldn't continue in that line, but I just felt I'm here in school just to read, pass my exam, get a degree, then figure out what I'll do with my life. Okay, so you graduate with a degree in physics. Yes. What were you thinking after then? What was your first job or how did you come from that point until career solutions? Okay, so I started looking for a job. Any job would come uh, that I had some skill set around that I would apply. So my first job was uh, as a teacher. I was teaching computers. Uh, I was helping. I was in a company called Regiotech. They had a project called Computer for Schools. So our work was setting up computer school uh, labs in schools, teaching the students, teaching teachers how to use computers. That is how my journey started. I had done some basic computers in my high school at home on my own. But I figured I, I was so in, much interested with not the hardware part of the computer, but how do computers work? Now we get into the internet. How does it work? How are people able to do stuff, get money, online businesses? I think that is where I started getting into business and ending up where I am right now. Because Career Point Solution by itself, I consider it a, an online business. 99.99% of our clients, we never meet them. We serve them online. A few will just come to the office to, just to be sure that this is a physical, uh, these, are, these are real guys, they have a physical office. And some will want just maybe to confirm that. Okay, so uh, what kind of services do you give your clients? So our, main, our mission is to make people more employable and to increase their earning potential. And some of the services that we offer to assist them, we start with a free CV review. They send us their CV, we'll take a look at it, and we'll give them feedback in terms of what is good about their CV, what can be improved, what needs to be changed, what needs to be removed, what needs to be added. And we give this feedback and we allow them to use the feedback to prepare a professional CV for themselves. Or they might give us now that opportunity to prepare a professional CV for them. Now that is one of the services that we charge for. And from our experience, for the number, from the number of CVs that we have written, we know what really makes the employer ticks. We know how we can make your CV in such a way you send it out you start getting responses from employers straight away. We have done it before. We have done it to so many of our clients. And we continue doing that and we get a lot of feedback. People saying, yeah, the way you wrote my CV, I've been invited to so many interviews. Now how do I go to the interview and perform well? So one of the other services we offer is interview coaching. How do you prepare for an interview? How do you answer the questions? What is the intention of the question? Because I think once you know the intention of a question, you can provide the appropriate answer. Sometimes it might not be the right answer because the same question asked to me, will not, I will not answer it the same way you will answer it. Other services now include how to build a professional profile on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. 
LinkedIn being the biggest professional networking platform. As I uh, continue doing my research, actually this week I came to realize LinkedIn profile is quite the thing in the current day and age in terms of job search, because that is a living CV. Your CV, you might have it in your flash disk in your computer, some offline place, but it is not actively looking for job unless you send it. But a LinkedIn online profile, it is a real living CV, which works for you even when you are asleep. There's someone who is checking out your profile. Yeah, so LinkedIn profile guides are some of the things that we offer. And uh, other services to build onto skill sets, to build on your employability, to build on your competencies, we offer online courses. Mm -hmm. So people pay for the online courses. We create an account on our learning portal and they learn online at their own pace and convenience. And at the end of it, they get a professional certification. Okay, what are some of the online courses that you offer? Some of the online courses that we offer, we have project management, we have project monitoring and evaluation, we have strategic management and leadership, we have fundraising and resource mobilization. But on top of all that, there is one program that almost encompasses everything. Yes. And uh, we came up with it this year and we have what we call the Badass Pro. Ooh, that's such a, that's such a badass name. <laughs> badass Pro, I define my own destiny. That's our tagline. Wow. So. In the program, we are combining all the services that we are offering because at some point we realize we can prepare a professional CV for you, but then if you don't know how to present yourself in an interview, you are lacking. You might be very good in terms of presentation, your CV, but if you don't have the right certification, the right competencies, again, but now Badass Pro combines everything. And on top of that, there is coaching about your personality. How do you become that Bold. Actually, badass in this case stands for bold, authentic, driven, aggressive, skilled, and self-assured individual. Wow. That's the wow. badass pro program. Oh, that, that, that's badass. <laughs> <laughs> How did you think of that? How did that come about? This was necessitated after I read a book called Expert Secrets yes. by Russell Branson. I have done a book review with my friend, Andrew Mutua. Mm -hmm. So anyone who, I think that is the right book in this kind of situation that we are in, where we have been forced to go online and how you can be able to reach the masses and be a leader. So the book, Expert Secret, gives you the framework and the guideline. So I was able to come up with this program just by reading the book and practicing what it says. Wow. And, and I'm glad you, you bring that up because now that we are being impacted by the coronavirus, COVID-19, yes, uh, life has changed. It has impacted a lot of us. And you've mentioned one of the things, uh, how it has changed uh, how we do business. Right. In your view, how has this even changed not only how you are running your business, but what about on the ground in terms of the learning? In my opinion, this actually needs to be like university education, because it's not taught in university yet. After university, you're expected to be employable, but yet you lack the, the skills to be employable. What do, what do students need to do? What do universities need to do? What do employers need to do, all the people that you work with? I would quote Robert Kiyosaki. This week I watched one of his interviews, and he said, coronavirus, this pandemic, marks the end of the industrial age and the beginning of the digital age or the information age. 
we have been in that transition for a very long time, but now you're being forced to go digital, to go through the information age. And I think it is a high time for most of the organization and especially traditional businesses, the universities to adopt, education system to adopt. But I doubt they will because, and this is a sad fact, if you have ever thought that the government, the education system does not want you to succeed, probably you are, uh, you are right. The system does not really benefit from you being successful. And that is how it is constructed to ensure that you're in debt. 100% of the graduates who go through the public education system, public university, they leave the university with a debt. The system is designed to keep you in need so that you can always be needing them. So I doubt they will get to a point where they're teaching what we are teaching through the Badass Pro program. And that again gives us an opportunity to plug in as individuals, I might not be as big as the university or the government or the education system, but the few people that I'm able to impact, I go home happy saying I have helped someone and they can realize their full potential in whatever they do. The other thing is now we are forced to get into the information age, to go digital. And post COVID-19, I doubt some of the things will really go back to how they were. And uh, the example is right now, some people are just ordering in food, grocery, shopping, and it's being brought. I am sure post COVID, someone will be at home. They'll just feel lazy and ask, by the way, I used to order this shopping and it used to come to my doorstep. Why continue, go waste a whole one hour, look for parking, go do my shopping and it can be done. So it will not, some of the things, they will not go back to normal. Unfortunately, some organizations will end up not re-employing some people because they realize that probably this person's value is not as much as they are. Some technology has come in and has replaced them. Some things are more efficient without having this physical person there. So it is up to us to find a way, how do we position ourselves for success post COVID-19? You've mentioned a very powerful thing that I think is not mentioned a lot is as an employee or as a business, what value are we bringing? Like as an employee, what value are we bringing to my employer yeah. that they cannot do without me? And as a business, what value are we adding to the customer? And uh, I'm glad you're in the business of impacting your clients. So what would you say, for example, maybe just give a you know, like a major mistake you see that your clients come up to you uh, in regards to their CV, in, a, in regards to their communication skills, employability skills, interview skills, you know, maybe one of each. Yeah. And what you do to help them be competent in that skill. I would say most people or most of the clients as they come in and most job seekers and most employees, they base their value on their qualification. Mm -hmm. They base their value on the industry they're in, in a job title, in a degree, in a master's. And especially fresh graduates, they come out of school with a sense of entitlement. I deserve to get that job because I have a degree in mechatronics or 
whatever it is, yeah. But do you blame them since the university said, come to a university and you'll be employable. The companies will be looking for you. I don't blame them because that is what they have been taught throughout. So there's that sense of entitlement. But unfortunately, that is not what is needed in the job market. So one of the things in the program, uh, Badass Pro, we are actually teaching or we are just sharing with you how you can be successful, get to even a six-figure salary, even if you don't have a degree or a master's. Because the whole idea is not your qualification, is not your title, it is the value that you're bringing in. And the value that you're bringing in is based on the kind of skills that you have, real marketable skills in the job market, both hard skills and soft skills, and sometimes even the soft skills surpass the hard skills. It is about the experience. Having worked in company ABC for the last three years is very different from coming in and communicating to the employer over the last three years, having worked here, this is what I've learned, this is what I accomplished. So how you communicate the value of your three years, five years, 10 years of experience is way different than when you see on a CV, just someone said, I was in company A, this, this, then listing just some mundane routine duties that they were doing. But what made you different for the last two, three years in that company? What did you learn? How, what area did you become more competent in? What value are you bringing in? What makes you different from the other person who was doing the same job, maybe the same position in that company? Wow, that's very powerful because I agree with you. University students need to hear this, and not only university students, even employees. Employees. Because I notice uh, university students, even when I was in university, people just do the bare minimum. As long as I get the passing grade, I'm good. Right. But it's not about the passing grade. In fact, I think school is about the other activities. Because I remember, I forget, someone was telling me a story that, for example, me and you, we both go to the same employer, a badass pro company. Yeah. And we're both hiring for the same position and both of us have an A. What's going to differentiate this employer uh, in choosing us? And I noticed, and I give the example of, I just focused on classwork, I didn't socialize or anything. But you, you are a club president of, let's say, Presidential's Award, and you're in debate club. Uh, you are the secretary. You'll end up being hired because you've interacted with people, you've done tasks. Yeah. As opposed to me that, yeah, I just have my A. So I think that's one thing that needs to be communicated loud, explicitly to students. Participate in school, participate in leadership, participate in activities and build your skills so that you can add value. And also the same for employees. Don't just sit there and say, oh, now because I'm earning, because of my job description, that's all that matters. Yeah. But that's not all that matters. You, you need to see how can I add to my company? Because if something happens to this company, both your employer and you are being affected. Right. I, I would say I've had some students or some clients coming in saying, I'm just a fresh graduate. I don't have any skills. What do I put on my CV? And I'm like, there are some things you did in the university that you can be able to put it and show your experience, your, how your ability to learn, your ability to deal with people, your ability to adopt and such stuff. And they get surprised and feel like, I think I wasted my university days or my college days because I just went to class, finished, went uh, back to my hostel, 
or just they didn't have those activities as you're saying debating being a leader somewhere organizing a forum a seminar a conference there are so many skills that you can be able to get or sometimes people don't see that as something that is of value they just feel like there's another gentleman i was dealing with and he told me i just graduated i just did my three months uh, internship at nssf what do i write on my cv and just from the communication you're like those three months he did internship it was like waste of time he didn't learn anything he didn't add value to himself i just graduated it's like the last four years were just a waste of time so it starts with your personality communicating with confidence and being able to filter and narrow down to the different experiences that you have and how do you turn it into something that is of value something that will assist the other person so when you were in university what uh, activities did you do unfortunately i would say when i started career point solutions my main aim was to serve like university students and fresh graduate that was my target audience then it didn't work out i think that those are some of the things i said i failed when we were starting way back 2011 yeah. i didn't have any clients i think my first paying client i got in 2013 after starting in 2011 wow and that was someone who is not in the university so i realized i had the wrong target audience And when I reflect back and see going back to your question what did I do in the university I think I had very different priorities I was not thinking in terms of my personal development I was not thinking in terms of my employability I have a, just a, an overview was go to school do your exam pass and before you do the exam between the time you open your semester to the time it is exam time enjoy your life and that is how I lived Of course having a lot of fun going for parties going for night clubs overnight going for different sports outside all these things it was all about having fun and then two weeks to the exam we need to get serious we used to have now those uh, overnight uh, they called uh, transnighting <laughs> and uh, of course you, you pass the exam i don't blame the people who are in university i don't want them even to I find that I'm not in the position to convince them that they need to think about their personal development. It will come with time. Let them enjoy their life. One of uh, some big venture capitalists and um, he said that he is actually not interested in taking his children to school. But if they want to go to the university, he will say it's okay, I'll pay for you. I have the money. But don't stress too much with the uh, books. Just focus about having fun and the campus experience he himself he hadn't gone to college and he thinks the only thing he missed from college is the experience the fun the community all those but in real sense the university will teach you very little all those two weeks before exams for the last four years when i was in campus they haven't added up to anything i think i can just say i had a good time yeah But maybe that's part of the growing process. <laughs> yes, it is part of the growing process and I think it is very difficult for you to convince a young man at the 19, 20, 21 to start thinking about personal development. Unless someone has been exposed to this stuff way early as from a kid. Right now, I think my child has a different experience than me. There's one TV station I just uh, did free to air searched got to know about it it's called metropole tv 
And in between some of the programming, they have those motivational videos and all that. And I saw my child lighting up and uh, that bit was say, no excuses. The meeting at you, you're waking up too early, no excuses. You need to do this, no excuses. And after that, he would see me do some stuff and they tell me, dad, no excuses. You're saying this, it's too early, no excuses. You say it is too much work, no excuses. And you see that kind of exposure, when he gets to campus or during that teenage or post uh, that 20 early, uh, he might understand what is personal development and motivation and getting going and get it. I came to know about this thing after my college life. So exposure also is quite different, but it's part of the growing process. I don't regret a single night I went out when I was in campus. Of course, I can't afford it now, not in terms of money, but in terms of time and my priorities, I can't afford it. It was a nice experience. It is part of the growing. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, you're having a positive reinforcement in the house. <laughs> yeah. That, no excuses. No excuses. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Just like you said, it's part of the growing ex, uh, experience of yeah. life. Yeah. You can't tell someone only until they've experienced a lack of it. Yeah. I think is when now they get the fire to cultivate. But, uh, you know, I think this is all tied into, you know, the idea of coaching. You've shown your kid that, you expose your kid to that, and you notice you can easily now share these experiences with him. Yeah. And even in the shared experiences we have in, in, in our club, you know, the League of Young Professionals Book Club. Yeah. You know, we've had shared experiences. And in fact, yeah, talk a little bit about your experience. How did you join the League of Young Professionals? It is a very interesting story. I remember at that point I was uh, really trying to, of course, I just got exposed to what is called personal development. That is about uh, 2015 there. Then my wife sees this event. I remember it was called Pitch Like a Pro. The guest speaker was Alan Aringo, hosted by LYP, League of Young Professionals. And she forwarded it to me. It was through email. I read it and she told me, I think you'll get a lot of value out of this. Go for this event. So I went to this event. It was a phenomenal event. Big up Alan Aringo, one of my very close friends. We have done a lot of uh, things with him. So I liked the presentation. I asked, what is this thing about uh, LYP? Then as they described some of the services that the products they have, they mentioned book club. I was like, that is the time I was just starting to read books. Uh, I said, I want to join this book club. And, and what do you like about Alan's presentation? Pitch like a pro. What was it that, what was one takeaway that you got from that event? The whole idea was how do you pitch? And when you think about pitch, it might be for a business. It might be just the simple introduction that you do to someone uh, when you meet. That kind of introduction that leaves a mark and they actually, they, are, they get that curious, uh, they get curious to know more about you. It's, it's something, of course, an elevator pitch is part of, that uh, kind of bit. But what I liked about, first of all, Alan Zaringo's way of presentation, how he communicated, how he did the session, very engaging, quite eloquent, very powerful, and with the confidence that is needed. And as much as I can, I will say, like, I can forget everything that he has said, but if I end up like him, the way of presenting, the way he talked, the way he engaged, the way he was funny and made people laugh at the same time, educate them. I think that is something that if I get there, 
I would be very happy. And I'm glad to say I'm already there and we have worked with him and we complement each other. So that is how I ended up joined the book club, started reading books and uh, if I see, of, of course I've grown a lot both from the books, the coaching thanks to Regina Ray, another great coach. In terms of presentation, communication skills, I remember the first time I had uh, to do a presentation in LYP, I contacted her, I tell her coach me and to know how to make my presentation much better. And of course, a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, a lot of coaching during the sessions, also listening to when someone else is being coached, you learn a lot from the same. So it has been a very great experience, learning a lot. There's a lot of learning that takes place in LYP, both coaching and uh, it all starts when you decide to get involved. Maybe I can just pause here and uh, just talk about LYP. And I think I've always wanted to share this message. In the League of Young Professionals, we have several members. And in any organization that you're in, you might have several members. You will learn by just being a member, coming in for the session, book club, presentations and all that. But you 10x the value that you extract from that organization when you get involved, when you engaged, when you decide that I will present a book, when you decide I will present a book, when you decide I will facilitate a session, when you decide you will go to that charity event or community event. When you get involved, you 10x the value that you get. You can sit and listen. Yeah, you will still learn, but you cannot compare it with when you get in, uh, engaged. What do, I mean, know, what do you mean you'll, you 10x the value that you get? I'll just give an example with you. How many times have you presented in LYP in terms of the, a book, book club? Several times. Several times. And each and every time you improve, right? If you just presented once or you present once in a year and you attend all the sessions, uh, like 12 of them, and out of the 12, you only presented one and you just sat and listened. Do you think you can compare it with the value that you have added onto yourself based the fact that you have presented several times. Mm -hmm. No. So when you get involved, there is a disparity between knowing and practicing. When you read, when you see, you think you know or you have learned. Of course, you now know the knowledge. It's, uh, there's this uh, term, uh, knowledge is power. But I think it is an incomplete statement. Applied knowledge is power. So getting involved, you're applying. Last time you did a presentation, you're told, do this way. You need to be more eloquent. You need to move around. You need to just use the PowerPoint as your uh, aid. You come and you execute that. It is different by someone who just sat there, had the same, same information, but they never got an opportunity now to present and execute what was said. That's what I mean. That's very uh, powerful. <laughs> Thank so, you. So you, you mentioned something about you know, 10X. So I guess since we're talking about uh, a book club, can you mention some of the books that have impacted your life? One of the big books that impacted my life last year, I, we read it through the book club, is called The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. I just changed how I perceive life, attacking everything with massive action and relentlessness. So among the books, in terms of personal development, I can say 10X is right there. Uh, when I started reading books, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, there's also The Compound Effect 
by Darren Hardy. Again, in Personal Development, a great book. When it comes to business, there's a book called F.U. Money by Dan Locke. I read it last year. I upped the ante in terms of, it talks about the, uh, online businesses. Think about reading it. And this year when we started, I read a book, Expert Secrets by Russell Branson. I stopped everything I was doing. Badass Pro program is a child, is as a result of me applying what I've read into that book. Again, going back to that aspect of knowledge is not really power, but applied knowledge. I read, I see this works for me, I use it. I take action onto it. So yeah, those are mainly the books that, of course, I have so many that I've read, but those ones really turned out. Okay, so you said you have applied Badass Pro as a, as a, as a result of Expert Secrets by yes. Richard Branson. Yes. Uh, you said that the 10x rule by uh, Grant Condon really yeah. gave you the fire to push. To push, and I do everything with 10x yes. kind of action. And you said uh, FU Money? FU Money. Now, by Dan Lok. Dan Lok. What FU Money did, I think he came out very strongly in terms of uh, how you can be able to set up an online business and not be apologetic to the people who think in terms of, well, you don't necessarily need to be that rich. You just need to make enough money, be happy with what you're doing. And he gave me the, I think, the starting point to actually really, really focus on streamlining and putting the right structures to have an online business run. So it gave me that framework. Then it's like the next book I read was the 10X. And one of the things that 10X did, it gave me permission to be vocal and talk about money and making money and being a millionaire and talking about a six-figure salary without being apologetic, because at the end of it all, we all need money. Money is not everything, but I can assure you, it ranks way up there, second to oxygen, among the things that we need for life. <laughs> money is an enabler. So, of course, every money has some vulgar uh, or some explicit language in it, but the point goes, he said, F you money, the point of which you get a certain amount of money that you can say F you to anyone, to your boss. <laughs> that is the target. Get to that F you money. Some people it will be a hundred thousand, some people it will be a million, some people will be a billion. How much is your F you money? You decide. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's, that's very impactful. But you mentioned two other books, though, and I didn't hear how they've impacted your life, though. Uh, you mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. Robert Kiyosaki, Robert Compound Kiyosaki. Effect. Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. So how did yeah. those books uh, impact your life? What did you take from those two books and how have you applied it to your life? Rich Dad, Poor Dad gave me the idea of change the way I looked in terms of, of money. How do I look at money? How to make money? the different uh, ways that you find yourself in that. It's called the rat race, employment, business. And yeah, gave me an idea and started, actually kick-started the journey of employment, running your own business. Uh, also bringing in the ho uh, home the idea that um, sometimes self-employment might not be the solution. Most people run away from employment to self-employment and they realize they just changed their bosses. And uh, in this case, 
in self-employment, you are your own boss. And when your boss sucks, it is you who sucks. <laughs> and you end up spending even more time and working way harder as a self-employed. And like thinking about creating a business, running a business that it's not about you. It's not, it's about systems and you not being there, the business can still run. So I think the second book from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it was the Cash Quadrant also gave me that real perspective. So a series of books from Robert Kiyosaki. Compound effect, personal development, the key takeaway, it is not the big, gigantic actions that you take. It is those small things that you do consistently over time that ends up making the much bigger difference, bringing the idea of compound effect. The small, consistent, sometimes seemingly things that don't matter, but you do them consistently over time and you have that exponential growth. You get that momentum and things start working for you. Yeah. So what would you say are three big impacts of your life of having been involved with the League of Young Professionals? First, it reinforced the idea of reading books. I'll tell you, the first book I read was in personal development, apart from the set books and the novels in school, for personal development, it was something called How to Influence or How to Be Successful Through Influence, Dale Carnegie. Yeah. I read that book in one year, a whole year. I would read two, three pages, I get bored, I put it away. Another day I remember, I read a chapter two, I get bored, I put it away. I was never consistent. And I remember in December when I went back home to my parents' place and I was like, I can't let this year end without really finishing this book. And I put in the time and I finished reading that book. I read it in one year. Right now, I'm reading more books. I am more intentional in terms of reading books. I have a goal in terms of how many books do I want to read. This year, I want to read at least six physical books. I want to listen to six, uh, 12 audiobooks. Again, when I get to, uh, got into the book club, I now learned that there are things called audiobooks. And I realized just by getting involved that I consume audiobooks way better than physical books. So yeah, I still do physical books, but I still do audiobooks. So that is how it has improved in terms of reading. Secondly, my communication skills. A lot of coaching from Regina Ray and Alan Aringo in terms of communication, how you present yourself. So I've really grown. If I look in terms of a presentation that I did five years ago or even three years ago, I'm not at the same level as I am right now. And another area is accountability. As we have the accountability groups in LYP that tend to keep you accountable to achieve your goals. And sometimes when we are left to our own devices, we might just play around. We might give ourselves excuses why we can't achieve, why we do this, all that. But at least with the accountability, it really reinforces that. And maybe just word a bit on some of the impact. Networking. I have come to get very many uh, same-minded people. I got close to someone called Andrew Mutua, who we are now accountability buddies. We check on each other every week. We also met with uh, Gladys Juma. We are very close friends, accountability partners, and we check on each other. So we formed a small mastermind group 
called the M's Mastermind Groups. The M's. The M's. <laughs> that is, um, now we have Gladys, Andrew and me, the three of us. M's, whole different stories. It's all about the M's, the millions, the motivation, the mastermind, the maximizing <laughs> all these M's <laughs> defined inside there. So, yeah, that is accountability. But again, now build uh, a network that we are also able to be more accountable to each other. And growing that relationship. So LYP has been a great place. I, I will continue serving the same place, right? And all that you've achieved up to now, you didn't learn this at school. None of this <laughs> I was taught in school. <laughs> cool. School is good, but you won't learn much in the current education system. I will say this. <laughs> Let me go back to school. There's this thing that people are really glorifying the CBC which is a good thing. I am not opposed to the same. But unfortunately, right now, we're already grown-ups. If you're past, actually, if you're already in high school, most likely you'll not experience that CBC curriculum. And that means uh, you're in high school with about 14, 10 years down the line, the people in the job market will still be having the same mentality, same thinking of, you're saying, 844. So CBC is good, but... What is the impact? What is the period before it takes action? And yes, it is still teaching students different ways of learning. And for those but that don't know what CBC is, is the competency-based curriculum. Competency-based curriculum, yeah. But competency in what? Well, I've seen the, the curriculum framework uh, from the government, and it's very, if it can be executed, it will be very impactful. Yeah. Uh, exposure to different skill sets. I think it's it, it's the it's the outcome that eight four four was supposed to be. In other words, because yeah, eight four four eight four four is designed to be a good system, but it turned out people who cram, but there's no real skill acquisition. Yeah, and that's what the curriculum based uh, curriculum now seeks to impart that it's not just saying that in, in the letter of the word, yeah. but in the actual execution of the word that people actually have the skills afterwards. Good, yeah. So I didn't want to get into like the debate in terms of uh, what it, it is a good program and what it does. The only thing that I want you to think about it is that probably the person who is doing that CBC, I think right now they're in grade three. Mm, probably. Yes. Grade three. So anyone who is above that, still have this kind of mindset and you can see the potential in terms of personal development that we still have five, ten years down the line. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so since uh, we've been talking about books, yeah, this is something I like just asking my, my guests, you know, three books that they like, three movies that, uh, that you like and three songs. You've already answered the book part. Yeah. <laughs> What about uh, three movies or series that, you know, you've watched or you like, recommend? For movies, I, I like in terms of a theme. I like these military kind of, especially U.S. military theme in terms of how they go to war. They are in a very difficult situation. They really don't give up as much as things get bad, but they still come out successful. So among the series, there is a strike back. Mm -hmm. A classic I can watch over and over. So sad when it ended. Yes. Uh, still in the same line, we have some uh, a series like called Six. Mm -hmm. There's another one called um, Seal Team. Yeah, such kind of 
because that aspect of being in a very difficult situation, uh, a war is not a very kind of nice place to be in, very tough. Uh, the other day we reviewed a book with Andrew Mutua. It's called um, Extreme Ownership, and it's about a Navy SEAL. And he says the kind of leadership you can get just from being in the Navy SEAL. And you cannot compare the kind of leadership that you have when you're in the middle of a war, guns flying, gunshots, bombs, landmines, and the kind of decisions that you make. And in the moment, compared to a big CEO of a corporate, he's the leader comfy office, boardroom kind of decision. So there's a lot of leadership stuff you can learn from this kind of movies. And it's interesting you bring that up because someone someone made a reference that right now we're going through World War Three, and it's not uh, a physical enemy that we're having, uh, you know, bullets flying in the air, someone yeah. that you're facing, but it's uh, a disease that can hit anyone. It doesn't care how much is in your pocket, what's your skin color, whether you live in uptown or downtown or slum town yeah. or midtown. And I'm seeing the, from what you just said, the responses from the leaders have, has been sort of like the people who are sitting in comfortable places. Because when I see the kind of instructions they're giving, yes, they're giving uh, instructions that need to be adhered to for the health of the whole society and unit. Yeah. Like social uh, distancing. Okay, they shouldn't say social distancing, but physical distancing. Yeah. And uh, limited work hours, curfew, and what have you. And all those are commendable. But I'm noticing that they're not having a particular conversation, which is the economy. I notice in a lot of leadership conversations, the conversations are about character. But then how is someone whose economy is food industry or travel industry, where it, it involves day-to-day interactions uh, to service you, yeah. how are they going to survive after this or during this? Yeah. So I think maybe that's a good uh, challenge for some of our leaders to start talking and thinking economically. What systems can we put in place? Yeah. Um, I don't get much into government and how they do their stuff. It is important for us to follow the guidelines that have been given. But from a personal perspective, I don't think the government has my interests at heart. They will do things for the general society. They will give guidelines, which works. I'm not saying they're bad, but if I narrow it down to Daniel Mutuku, how are you going to benefit from these guidelines? I don't really see. So I put it to myself to find a way to get that other source of income to how do I run my business? How do I get more efficient in my systems and all that? So that would be my take in terms of, I don't really expect much from them in terms of my well-being. So this is a good challenge. After you've developed all the systems, come out with badass pro how to survive during a, a pandemic and still get back on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- yes, it is very important. When you are in this kind of situation, ask yourself, and I'll reference Robert Kiyosaki. He has a book he wrote a, a few years back called The Second Chance. And it says, 
in every emergency situation like we are in right now the question is how will you emerge as a victor or as a victim and unfortunately most people will end up as victim everything post covid-19 will have happened life goes quote and quote back to normal but there is no difference they actually more complain because kulikuwa kubaya you know right now people are talking about nikubaya next after it is over you try give someone and they say kulikuwa kubaya and for those that don't uh, understand swahili nikubaya translates to <laughs> translates to uh, like nikubaya things are tough things are bad right now post covid-19 people will be saying kulikuwa kubaya oh it was bad it was tough i'm still i've not yet gotten to where i need to get to yeah so those are the victims how do you become a victor such that i can assure you with no doubt my prediction post covid-19 business will boom there will be a boom there will be of course some stimulus from the government people will want to come back people will have rejuvenated their strength they want to come back so the question is how will you take advantage of that how will you take advantage so if you put the system right now it is hard it is difficult there's pain there's struggles but post when there's that boom where will you have positioned yourself or will you be the person who is waiting for uh, handouts from the government oh i don't think this percentage you gave us this reduction of this tax or deduction it was not good enough right that is that's it yes yes i choose to be a badass <laughs> a badass yes, yes. thank you <laughs> thank you so yeah apart from the military movies that you mentioned um i like court dramas mm-hmm. uh court dramas they give you that aspect of fighting now it's not fighting in the war zone but now in the court mm-hmm. arguing things out seeing a different perspective of things so the likes of suits a uh, series called suits there is a uh, good wife later on a uh, good fight uh yeah mainly court dramas like that oh yeah I, i love the court dramas because you see how to i think it teaches for me how to argue and you can see how both sides yeah how to convince with your arguments yeah well, what I, what is it that excites you about court dramas one thing i've come to learn is in most of the plots uh, the plot of these court dramas you are here to defend someone whose the case is actually against them all the facts all the uh, evidence things tend to really uh, not be for the person that you're trying to defend but there is something that is missing somewhere so it is how hard you keep on pursuing being convinced of this person uh, innocence finding out facts and keep on going and going and then almost when the guy is about to be sentenced to death or something oh another fact comes out and yeah it was this and this and then they connect the dot <laughs> i think the whole aspect is relentlessness following up belief you know sometimes these are movies these are clients you're support, uh, trying to defend and when you actually believe you just ask them clearly did you do this and they say no and you actually believe in that and you follow it through as much as the evidence says the opposite and then you get that last missing piece that is what really excites me and that is life when you believe in something and you really go out for it things will not line up but there is that last piece that really works out that you're like wow i, I didn't waste my time being relentless 
all through. So you say, yeah, you said strike back, suits, suits. good wife. Yeah, yeah, mainly those. And then the other day I watched uh, a movie series called Self Made. Yeah. Uh, the story of Madam C.J. Walker, the first black lady millionaire. And I think it was about the same thing, hard work, persevering. She tells her story and how she ended up being the first millionaire, black lady millionaire. There's one part of the movie that I liked. Um, so Madam CJ has some sales people and then the competitor wants to come in and steal these top sales ladies. And uh, one of the pitch that they were using, I said, I, there's a way I can show you how you can be able to make more money and work less. And the ladies were like, mm, that, is, that doesn't sound like Madam uh, CJ. So the point is, for you to actually end up being a billionaire making much money, don't fall to the trick that tells you you can work less and still earn more money. It is a myth. You need to put in the work. Right. Wow. Wow. I'll definitely look out for all those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do, please do. And uh, yes, let's finish up with the three songs. Um, I like some reggae mm-hmm. music. I like some underground hip hop yes, yes. kind of stuff. So um, I might not uh, have all of them, but for reggae, some redeem. I don't know, they are called nowadays, do one drop yes. kind of a thing. Yes. So Chronics. Okay. I like Chronics. There's a song that goes, uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Um, ain't no giving in. Right, that is it. <laughs> ain't no giving in. And again, I think all this just rhymes with the aspect. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I ask myself, am I tough? Will I let the going get going on me or I get going? So that is Chronics. Hip hop. I, I like a lot of underground uh, music. Mm-hmm. I can uh, mention there's one album I really liked by Atmosphere. Yes. The album is called uh, When Life Gives You Lemon, Paint That Shit Gold. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. You have to say that again. What? When Life Gives You when Lemon? When Life Gives You Lemon, Paint That Shit Gold. <laughs> I can tell you, either it is a 1990-something album or 2001, 2000 there. And I think it really applies even today. Mm. Right now, life is giving us lemons. <laughs> paint that shit gold. gold. <laughs> uh, paint COVID gold. Yeah, paint it gold, my friend. And these, uh, you, when you paint it gold, when you are deliberate about it, you end up as a victor, not as a victim. Yes. Uh, a few songs there I can remember offhand. There is one called uh, Painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the painting, was, I don't know when time goes, the painting will remain on the wall. And there's one that I really liked called uh, Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, uh, yesterday, was that you? Huh? I saw someone like you. Was that you? Crazy things my imagination might do. Take a moment, reflect on what we've been through. Or am I just going crazy because I miss you? And the whole story is a gentleman just, he's talking about this person. He thought he saw him yesterday. Um, then he would reminisce on some of the experiences they had. We used to smoke, I don't know, together. Uh, you can't blame me for the kind of fool I was, blah, blah, blah. So he's reminiscing. Then the chorus, something, was that you just like you? Crazy things my imagination might do. 
take a moment to reflect on what we've been through or am I just going crazy because I miss you? Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, just to pop, uh, to spoiler a lot, if you want to listen to the <laughs> song, he finishes and saying, I know it wasn't you because you passed away, dad. So he was just reflecting on how maybe he used to have that time with his father and some of the things, of course, they had some arguments. At that point, of course, some things he would argue from a foolish point of view, and now he's grown up. He's seeing it now from the dad's point of view, and he finishes and say, but I know it wasn't you because you're dead, dad. He's a quite a poetic guy. Go look for Atmosphere. If, even now, he still produces some crazy good songs, but that album, I remember this year when, my, when I lost my brother, I felt... Sorry about that. Yeah. I, I felt life is giving me lemons, and I decided, let me go re-listen to this album again and just try and paint this shit gold. And I could now even get even deeper in terms of the meaning of that song, yeah? I can finish it and say... I know it wasn't you because you passed away, bro, or something of that sort. So, great song. Would you, would you, uh, you know, before you mention any other songs, would you just mention just how did that, uh, you know, impact you? Your brother passing, you know, what, what emotions did you feel? What was your mind space at that time? Because you know, in general, as a culture, we don't talk about grief or how we go through it. You know, what helped you go through it? Okay, um, I can't say I fully get over it. Uh, this is the first time I am losing someone who is very close to me. Uh, so far, of course, I've lost the people like uncles, grandfather, grandmother. With their age, you feel like, yeah, it's okay. My grandfather from mom's, I think, he passed on at 120 years of age. Actually, they were approximating he was 120. He had none of his age mates or his people. So they just had to estimate how old he was. Uh, my grandfather from dad's side, I think he was 80 something, 89, almost 90 and such stuff. But from now the nucleus family, this is the first person that we are losing. He's my elder brother, I follow him. And um, it really changed how I perceive life. Awesome. I will just say, when I started following Grant Cardone. At some point, he said that he lost um, during the financial meltdown, I think 2008, he lost money. And one of his reasons to come back and say he wants to make a lot of money, it's like, I want to make a lot of money such that even if I lose some money, I don't feel that bad because that is not the only money that I had. And... uh, at some point, my brother was, uh, of course, he was in ICU for about two weeks before. And I felt very helpless in terms of there's nothing I can really do. And uh, I just felt like, of course, it was not an issue of how much money that you had. But seeing him that helpless, feeling yourself also very helpless. You know, when someone is down or they are broke or um there's something you can do about it. You can give them something or you can, um, maybe someone is hungry, you can give them food. But this is a situation where you can't really do anything. It's just to wait and watch. And I feel like I really need to do a lot to myself such that I don't get myself to that point where I'm that helpless. Of course, 
in terms of finances, in terms of health, in terms of relationships. I don't want to see my relationship, for example, with my wife, it gets to a point where I can't do anything about it. Maybe things have just gone bad. In terms of my health, in terms of uh, also business, that things have gone very bad at, to a point where I can't do anything about it. I really didn't like that situation and that is one of the areas that I try to focus on. How much can I do right now that I have the ability? Of course, a lot of questions in terms of your faith and belief, in terms of uh, God. Um, how then do you allow this to happen? Of course, there's a lot of, I must say, sorry to say this, there are some things that don't make sense. Um, I remember when I was just breaking maybe the news to some of my friends, colleagues, and someone says, don't worry, God is still in control. I'll tell you well, the truth, that statement doesn't make any sense. If he's in control, why is he dead? Someone tells you, don't worry, God is still on the throne. And of course you ask yourself, what is he doing on the throne when my brother is dying? I think it comes, this person is saying it from a good point of view. They want to be supportive, to be empathetic. But I now even reflect on to myself, what is it that I say sometimes when people have difficult situation? What are some of the things that I say? Yeah. I also know there's the aspect that God's will always prevail. And I ask myself then, why do we need to pray? Why do we need to do some things? At the end of it all, God's will will prevail. Of course, we are praying for him to be healed, to come back. But God's will was he was to die. Then why didn't he just tell us in advance so that we don't waste our time, energy, effort praying? All these things coming in, faith. But of course, yeah. I have accepted the idea of, yeah, him passing on and we need to move on. He left a very young family. They stay, they used to stay in Rwanda. The wife is there with the children. It's not that close proximity to keep on checking up on them and ensuring things are okay. Different challenges in life, but we still face them. Wow, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And uh, wow, and I think uh, that's something that I, I want to explore because I notice uh, a lot of us don't know how to behave, react, feel, respond in such a situation during loss. And uh, in fact, it's funny you mentioned that because when I was at school, I was in the peer and educators counseling club, and we shared from different books and about different psychological subjects. And one session, we actually spoke about grief. <coughs> Sorry. And we shared how people who are religious make the worst mistake. There are things not to say, even though the intention is to provide comfort. At that time, the person who's on the receiving end does not feel that comfort because of the words. So it showed us that uh, during that session, instead we should, we should ask, how can I assist you? And sometimes even though you don't respond, just show up, you know, maybe whether it's groceries or you see they need something, show up and just participate because a person is not mentally and fully emotionally their regular selves. Uh, they need support, but they don't know how to ask for it. 
and uh, just be there are some of the tips uh, I remember we, we discussed but uh, that's something uh, I know is a challenge for our emotional and mental well-being and it's something I guess we'll keep on trying to seek how to navigate that that right right I remember you said one last song that uh, that you like uh, underground hip-hop uh. yes when you talk about um, some uh, hip-hop one of the local musicians that also inspires me calligraph Jones I think the fact that he's so vocal the energy and he's willing to call out some things yeah mm. there's just another song I listened to a few days ago on radio called yes banner mm. and I even went to YouTube and tried to replay it and get the energy the aspect of calling out some things and rhyming at the same time <laughs> yes banner by calligraph Jones yes, yes I like calligraph Jones most of the songs he had done I think um, there's one old song uh, uh, by calligraph Jones can I remember its uh, name uh, yeah God will uh, God will see us through or something of um, uh, it's called God will open doors. Uh, God will open doors or he will open doors or something of that sort. Yeah, by Calligraph Jones. Those are among the old songs I liked from him. Thank you very much for your story. And, and if, if, let's say, we, we, we got back uh, into a time machine. Right. And you're told that today is your last day on earth. You have to give all this information you have to your 18-year-old self that just finished high school. How would you summarize it in three points that you can continue guiding, that your, 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 your past self can continue walking in your footsteps and... Okay, that is quite tough, but um, this is what I would say. Uh, just from our discussion, I think there is a point where we are allowed to... Uh, play, not play it safe. I think uh, they say young people are more risk-taking. And it's okay, like that 18, 19, 20, 21, play around, of course. Uh, I, I experimented with so many things, as long as you don't get in too far. But my advice would be, I would have trusted myself, not even trusted myself, to trust the system, Tr trust the process, trust the process. Um, you really don't see the product as you're in the process, the pain, the anguish, the trials. But at the end of it all, when you look back, you say, yes, it was worth it. I wouldn't trade anything to exchange that experience because you learn through the process. So I would probably ask myself to try out things more I know, yes, I said I'm a co-getter, I've tried several things. I'm like, I should have tried even more things. Because <laughs> I think the more you try, the more you fail, the quicker you get to the success or to where you really want yes. to get into. So that, that would be it. Try it out, learn through the process, trust the process, and come out. Um, I remember, is it two years ago, one of the goals I had is I remember I was just saying, God, I, I, I just need tough times. I need these tough times. It is not the best prayer to ask for. <laughs> it's not the best prayer to ask for. But you're like, at the end of this tough time, I, 
end up coming up way better than if I just had that, you know, the same thing you call comfort zone. Only in your comfort zone. Sometimes you really need to ask for this, especially when things are good or just mild, comfortable for a while. You're like, I'm not growing. I'm not growing. I need these tough times, but I can tell you when you're in the middle of that tough time, you were like, remove this cup away from me. <laughs> but yeah, that would be it. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing. And uh, if, if people want to reach out to you and, uh, you know, get in touch with you so that they can, uh, you know, uh, find out more about the professional, professional and uh, personal development, and other things, you know, where can people uh, reach you? Uh, how can people, if they want to get your books, where can they find your books? Okay, now get to our website, that is careerpoint.co.k. You'll find more about the career the development programs, the online courses, um, also about the books, but you will need to probably Google, they're still on our site. Um, on Facebook, Check Career Point Solutions. I have my own personal profile, but I don't, I'm not very active on my own personal profile. That is Daniel Mutuku. But I'm very active on the Career Point Solutions page. On a personal profile, check on LinkedIn. Just search Daniel Mutuku. That is where I'm very active. And I can, maybe we can be able to get in touch right there. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for your time, Daniel. You are welcome. I appreciate it. This was such an awesome conversation. I've learned so much from you. Right. You know, just trust the process. Be a go-getter. And before we go, what are some of the things that then for this year that you need to fail in to do, that you want to experience? So I wouldn't say specifically where I would want to fail, but I would say at the beginning of the year, I'd set some goals. But there are some goals I already see I'm not going to achieve. I'm going to fail on that. I'll give an example. One of the goals was I need to put in five online courses about business. And I later on pivoted and I started focusing on creating the program Badass Pro. So I actually scrapped that out. I said I'm not going to do the five online courses. I'm going to focus on this one, build it up and market it and all that. So I can say, yeah, that is an area that I will fail, not achieving what I wanted, but at least I can talk about pivoting. But failure comes in even if you ask for it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give an example. Last night, I was to have a webinar. The webinar starts at 7.30 to 9. So, of course, due to the curfew, we are at home. So I set up the internet um, pull the cable. I can't, of course, do it in the city room. There's a lot of disruption, children, <laughs> TV, and all that. So I go to, I bought this long internet cable, and uh, I it is long enough to get to one of the rooms where I use it now as the office. I pull the cable, I fix it, it is not working. No internet in the room. Uh, it is a bit far away, so the Wi-Fi is not that strong, so I can't get the Wi-Fi. And I'm like, the webinar is starting in 15 minutes. No internet. I can't get out of the house. It's already seven. And even if I was to get out of the house, there's no shop around in my estate that do uh, networking and computer accessories. Maybe Mamamboga. <laughs> Those are the kind of shops in the center I have. 
So yeah, I decided to set up using uh, phone hotspot. Of course, the program I use usually launches live on Facebook because of the low bandwidth using the phone. It didn't launch on live Facebook, but I still went on with the program. At some point, uh, I had, I will, for the first time I was using my camera and connected. Uh, somewhere along the way, the camera battery went off. <laughs> had to switch back to to the webcam. It was a good show uh, or a good webinar I conducted, but from my side, it was a great failure. I didn't, there were so many things that were not working. Of course, I gave it my best in terms of presentation and teaching and informing people. But on another perspective, so many things didn't go as expected and I felt like a failure. And again, I woke, and today I woke up in the morning, read some of the feedback I got from clients and I was so happy. It was like, yeah, I liked the video. It was so inspiring. Even if I had problems with internet connection, probably also other people, but I recorded it. I've uploaded it on YouTube and tell them you can watch the replay. Okay, so where can people watch the replay? If they're interested in learning more about Badass Pro, how to make a six-figure yes, income sorry. without going to school. <laughs> go to YouTube. I think also as I was talking where you can find me, go to YouTube. Just uh, search Daniel Mutuku. All the videos I do are right there. So you will see the video or the webinar. And uh, if you want to know more about uh, the Badass Pro program, just go to www.careerpoint.co.ke forward slash badass. Forward slash badass. Yeah, careerpoint.co.ke yeah. forward slash badass. Yes, and stalk him on LinkedIn. Put it there in the comment section. How can I be badass? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I am teaching people to be badass, bold, authentic, driven, aggressive, skilled, and self-assured. Thank you very much for a badass interview. You're welcome. You've shown me what it means to be a go-getter. Just have the attitude of failing and just go out and do it. And school does not really matter. That uh, you might have a degree, you might not have a degree. Just go forth and explore, explore, explore. Fail, fail, fail. Learn, learn, learn. And be better. Right. Thank you for being a badass interview. Karibu sana. All right. Thank you. And uh, one last question before we go. Up to now, I haven't told, a lot of people have asked me, uh, why did you name your podcast, you know, that specific name? I haven't given people uh, the, the, I haven't given people the history behind it yet, but I'm about to. Yeah. What do you think it means, revenge of the forsaken gods, in context with this whole conversation we've had? I think... The forsaken God might be referring to some of the things that we really need to be doing to get where we want to get to, but we don't do them. So they are forsaken. And I don't know if it is um, the right word would have been revenge, but what are the consequences that you end up suffering? Well, you forsake these gods. Uh, building and making yourself valuable in the marketplace is a key thing. But if you forsake that God, what are the consequences? The revenge is that you will not see any progress in your life. You will 
feel stuck wherever you are. You don't see anything good coming out or, you know, that aspect of being stuck in your career, in your business, in your relationship, in your finances. I think that is what I would uh, say it is from my own perspective. I don't know if I hit the nail on the head. Well, all I can say is thank you for a badass response. (laughs) 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 All right, that's it for the show. Thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you very much for listening to the Revenge of the Forsaken Gods podcast. If you have learned something from this conversation with Daniel, please show your appreciation by sending him a tweet at careerpointsolu. That's careerpoint, S-O-L-U. To show him your appreciation, to show his appreciation, Daniel has a gift for you. So I have a very special offer to anyone who is listening to this podcast. You can get access to the Badass Pro program. And this is a special offer for only people who are listening to this podcast. So go to www.careerpoint.co.ke forward slash FG. That means for second God. So careerpoint.co.ke forward slash FG. You will get access to the Badass Pro program where you'll get the six weeks of coaching. You'll pick one of our certification courses. You'll get interview coaching. You'll get CV writing. LinkedIn profile guide and all this just because you've been listening to this podcast. So we have a special offer for you guys. You will get it at a highly discounted rate. Go to www.careerpoint.co.ke forward slash FG meaning for second gods. Thank you very much for that, Daniel. And I'm sure that you've learned something from this conversation. Please do share with me one takeaway that you've gotten from this on my Twitter handle at revenge underscore gods so that I can know how this is impacting your life. Businesses have been hit hard. These times are uncertain. We have no idea how things are going to be. In isolation, one thing is a fact that learning is going on. And when I was looking at this, I just thought that I think one of the best skills to learn during this time is how to do business. So I asked Daniel, please, would you be able to show how you've been able to build your online business? And he said, yes, I have provided the link to his course in the show notes on my site. And that is Revenge of the Forsaken Gods dot home dot blog you can find all the resources that we have been speaking about on my site and he has a course available for a discount during this month of april so do sign up this is a skill that everyone needs to learn now this is the new face of business learning how to do business online so get an opportunity to check that out immediately Thank you very much for listening and uh, do subscribe. You can find me on Anchor FM and any of the popular platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Please do subscribe. And if this has been beneficial to you, please do leave me a review. I really much would appreciate it. And I will see you next time for the next episode of Revenge of the Forsaken Gods. Thank you.